is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's a night here in Doha, a couple more days in Qatar before heading back home. Of course, Canada playing Morocco tomorrow, but uh, I know what we're talking about today, and that is the Winnipeg Jets coming off a 5 nothing win over the uh, Jets. 5 nothing win over the Colorado Avalanche last night. What a victory, and people are fired up right now. Got to tell you, um, you know, it was, uh, it's tough to, uh, tough to be able to see this, uh, you know, watch these games in the middle of the night here. Uh, but I will say this, uh, worthwhile getting up in the middle of the night to, uh, to see what this Winnipeg Jets team is doing last night, a hat trick from Blake Wheeler, a 40 safe shutout by Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets knocking on the door of first place again, up at the top five in the league in points percentage right now. And the, and the team and the fan base is fired up as they uh, could not have started this four-game homestand in a better fashion than they did last night against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we're going to talk all about it today. Paulie Edmonds is going to join us coming up in the next segment. We'll also have Murat Atesh and uh, Alex Limoges, the leading scorer of the Manitoba Moose, also popping by a little bit later on. Um, we'll certainly talk about a huge, huge... Um, well, I should say a report, I guess, from uh, Farhan Lalji that Mike O'Shea is going to be back with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, well, lots going on right now in Winnipeg sports. Um, Remo, what is going on? How are you back at the uh, at the mothership? I'm feeling good. I'm I'm battling through some stuff, but hard not to be excited. Yesterday was a great evening uh, for Winnipeg sports with the Jets the leaders in points percentage uh, in the Central Division, taking down the defending Stanley Cup champions. And then after the game, we had the breaking news from Farhan, a quiet, a very quiet news drop that Mike O'Shea has re-signed. Nothing, um, you know, confirmed yet from the Bombers, but Farhan, pretty good with all that. So, um, I mean, it was pretty awesome. A great game. Blake Wheeler, I don't want to say turning back the clock, but he's... He's playing, he's turning it back only a couple years to like the 20s, what, 18, 19 levels here with, his, I said yesterday, his assists per game higher than they've been in some years, but it was the goals yesterday with him and Shifley and Cole Perfetti, and it was just awesome to watch uh, these guys have these uh, these passing plays where you could see the chemistry so clear. Yeah, we got to hear Notorious B.I.G. bang it out three times last night at the arena as well. I was sorry I missed that. Um, listen, we're all over this. I do, of course, <laughs> want to thank the sponsors that make this show each and every day right off the bat. Uh, our friends at Cool Bet Canada, the big reason why I've been here being able to bring you all some of the sights and sounds of the World Cup here on the program, as well as Not Auto Corp, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Culligan Water, Canadian Club Whiskey, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, and Nick and Nikki DQ. And Remo, we've got great news. Uh, the winter is here, and it's great to welcome back Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery. Hey, no one likes to talk about it in this city, but we need to talk about it as the cold weather hits. You need your car to start every time, and that's where Manitoba Battery comes in. If you're not sure you need a new battery, well, you can head on down. See Donnie and the gang at 1026 Logan and let test your battery 
and help you figure out whether it's time to replace it or not. If you already know it's time to get a new battery for your car, then save time and money by letting Manitoba Battery deliver the battery right to your door. You can order online or by phone, and they'll have their battery to you the same day as long as they know by 3 p.m. that day. It is that simple. There's only one place where you can buy a battery from the comfort of your home and save money while you do it, and that is Manitoba Battery. Shout out to Donnie. Love their staff there. Great to have them back on board. Find them at www.manitobabattery.com. All right, Reem, let's get to this game last night. Um, you know, so much to talk about. And, uh, you know, I, I went back and rewatched the extended highlights and uh, as well as some of the highlights of Connor Hellebuck. And just before we get to Blake Wheeler and what he and Cole Perfetti and Mark Shifley did together last night, uh, you know, if you just looked at the shot totals for the game, you might think that this was another game that Connor Hellebuck stole. Because there has been some games earlier this season where that was exactly this, the case. That was not the case last night. For four, That might have been one of the more ho-hum 40-save shutouts that Connor Hellebuck's had in his career. And when you think about the fact that it was against the Stanley Cup champions in a massive matchup at the beginning of the Central Division, I think it speaks even more to uh, just how impressive that win was and how well this team is playing right now. Um, long gone was the doom and gloom around this chat room and this program after that beatdown last week in Minnesota. The way the team came back with the win in Dallas, a uh, just complete shellacking of the Blackhawks on Sunday. Uh, and then again, you know, we heard all those things. Oh, a tough game. You know, the first game back from a road trip. Um, the Winnipeg Jets were ready last night. Rick Bonus had his team ready to go. And uh, man, led by Blake Wheeler and of course Connor Hellebuck, the rock, the foundation of this team, a five-nothing win. And you know, early on this season, it was the St. Louis game. Then it was that Dallas game. Now this game, I mean, three huge central division matchups, real tests for the Winnipeg Jets. They passed for flying colors. And um, as you noted in the uh preamble going into the into the uh the uh, the game tonight or yesterday or the show today, I should say, this is now the best start in franchise history for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, even Dom and Dom's model smiling on the Winnipeg Jets as we're looking like uh, 80% to make the playoffs right now. I was going to say, like, should we start planning the whiteout party? Like, should we put in pre-orders for WST, like, white T-shirts that we can give away in in April? Um, I mean, the Jets, and, and according to Dom's model... 30% to make the playoffs to start the season. They're up to 80. They're top in the central in points percentage. They're sixth in the league in points percentage. And the way that they're playing, it seems completely sustainable. And coming from where we were last year, you know, out of the playoffs, this year you thought, okay, maybe they can squeak in in the last spot. To have this kind of start, which is comparable to the team's best season in 2017-18, shout out to Spinorama Hockey, who said after 21 games, 2017-18, 13-5-3, 29 points. So this year, 14-6-1, 29 points. I mean, 27-18-18 was the team's best season ever. I never saw this, and I think it's fair to ask us, this was a question from the summer, is Rick Bonus a miracle worker? Because seemingly that's been the only, the only change is behind the bench, right? Is that like the biggest major change? The defense is all the same. Um, the penalty kill is much improved. I know Connor Hellbuck's 
he's having his best season, but it seems like it's all, there's so many different parts coming together, which is why the team is where they are. Yeah, and and listen, I I totally understand the uh, the frustration and the impatience of the fan base in the offseason, considering the way last season went. And I mean, you know, it was uh, it was a bold, I think, move for the Winnipeg Jets to not make those big changes. And I mean, as we've saw, talked about, uh, you know, trades are maybe sometimes harder to uh, make in reality than we can make on message boards and in the chat room. And while we're talking with, uh, with guests here on Winnipeg sports talk, but Kevin Shambledayoff said himself at the beginning of training camp, that the hiring of Rick bonus was to use his words, a seismic shift. And there was a lot of people that scoffed at that. There was a lot of people that, you know, sort of said, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, it looks like he was right. And, it's hard to even pinpoint where to start with the bonus effect on this team right now. But I'll tell you what, we saw it last night in the way that the Winnipeg Jets defended and held the Colorado Avalanche to um, very few really legitimate high danger scoring chances. Um, The way that they've got buy-in from every single player on the roster. And I'm not sure if you heard Connor Hellebuck after the game yesterday, Reem, but he said uh, a couple of things and one that really stood out to me. And again, he didn't want to. And I think he sort of, he said, listen, it's not like yet last year was everything was terrible, but he said that the atmosphere and the vibe around this team is special right now. And guys are fired up to go to work and guys are having fun. And, uh, You'll recall a number of times on this show, I'd said that this team in the past has looked like it is every single thing that they do is laborious, is work. Um, They hadn't been having any fun. And listen, I know it's a job and these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it is a game. It is sports. And you need to you need to feel a part of a team. You need to feel like, you know, you're enjoying yourself. And there's nothing more fun than winning. And Rick Bonus, through the changes he made from day one in training camp, frankly, before training camp even started, which is a great segue to Blake Wheeler, um, everything that he's done, he's seemingly pushed the right buttons. He said the things that needed to be said. He's empowered the players that needed to be uh, empowered. And this is truly a team that I think we've seen come together far earlier than I thought was possible. And I think most people... um, and then here we sit right now with the Jets with that record you just laid out, knocking on the uh, door of first place with some games in hand on the Dallas Stars and getting ready for uh, three more games on this homestand as we get into December. And, you know, first up, it was all about an American Thanksgiving last week. And, you know, I know that the Minnesota game was miserable. Um, and there's been a couple games like that, but the way they bounced back as well has been so impressive. Um, it is... Uh, there's a lot of great things that have happened, and we'll talk about Josh Morrissey and Cole Perfetti, who I think is going to join us maybe on tomorrow's show as well, and Connor Hellebuck. Um, but I, I believe there was a couple of conversations we said, if you think that this team can make the playoffs, find a prop on Rick Bonus to win the Jack Adams because that is basically what is going to be the difference. And uh, I'll tell you what, if I had a Jack Adams vote, it would be a pretty damn simple uh, simple X beside his name right now. Although obviously what's going on in Jersey is pretty special as well. 
Yeah, well, the talk now is, okay, so the Jets, now that they're in a playoff spot, they have a person who's up for the Jack Adams, Rick Bonus, Hello Buck, an easy Vesna pick, um, Norris, a Josh Norrissey, you know, getting more points. He had two more uh, yesterday. And what about, I think, Rocket, Richard, you know, last year Kyle Connor was up there, got off to the slow start. He's Mark Shifley's got 12. Jason Robertson is kind of running away with it here with 19. I mentioned it at the start yesterday. A lot, a lot of reasons for optimism. Um, they're having so much success. Everyone's seemingly having a career year. I mean, this, this train is going in. I mean, you loved, and after that Minnesota game, has like you loved how they said, no, we're going to look at this tape and we're going to be better from it. And they came back and they were better from it. And it wasn't just talk. And they've talked a lot about how they can be better in areas they can improve. And they've backed everything up from what they said they were going to do in the preseason. It's, I mean, it's amazing to watch. This is incredible. And I think a lot of people are feeling really positive about the team, maybe more positive than they've been in some time. You know what? Um, we got to talk about Wheeler and uh, the hat trick last night. He, um, he's an incredibly proud person and he's been you know, so important to this franchise from the day that this team got here from Atlanta. And what the the hand that he was dealt at the beginning of the season, while I think obviously necessary and the benefits of that decision, I think are showing themselves night in and night out with this team, both on and off the ice. Um, that was, that was, a you know, a real challenge, I think, for him. And we spoke about it. You know, this could go one of a couple ways. By all accounts, and Rick Bonus talked about it after the game, uh, Wheeler has handled that as professionally as possible. And, you know, I, I really, really felt great for Blake to get that hat trick last night. And, uh, you know, he... He has shown, and I said, maybe the greatest display of leadership would be to handle that in a professional manner and to buy into what this team and the head coach was selling. Um, and who we are right now, Remo, I mean, we'll get to Josh Morrissey. I mean, this season he's having still leading the team and right there at the near the top of defensemen scoring in the entire National Hockey League. But Remo, with that hat trick last night, Blake Wheeler now has 20 points in 21 games. Um the guys that were consistently taking shots at Blake Wheeler, saying that oh, he's a fourth line player right now, you don't hear them very often. Um, and he is—is is he the same player he was when he had back-to-back ninety-one point seasons? No. Is he someone that can help you win hockey games, uh, especially right now with Nikolai Ehlers out long term? Um, he stepped up in many ways on and off the ice, and uh, I don't think that there's a Jet fan without an agenda that wasn't smiling last night almost like the smile we saw from Wheeler that you posted on social media that was a pretty great moment uh, can't say enough about finally him being rewarded and the results that he's given the team right now just one point off a point a game pace so far through 21 yeah Blake Wheeler I mean he's always had the vision uh the passing he hasn't been much of a uh you know he's more of a you know playmaker than a scorer but he can put him in and yesterday Cole Perfetti set him up uh two beauties I mean, the first one in the slot, I mean, what a pass that was on the zone entry with Mark Shafley and Cole Perfetti. Then again, Shafley and Perfetti, Perfetti with the with spin pass to Wheeler. Maybe got a, a little help from Kale McCarr on the way in. But, I mean, you look at the point, seemingly every top scorer on the Jets, Morrissey t- leading the team 25-21, and 21. Connor 21-21, and 21. Dubois 20-21, and 21. all career highs. 
Wheeler, 20 and 21. Shifley, you know, leading the team in goals with 12. He's got 18 and 21. And then Perfetti, who's up there among rookies, 14 and 20. Even Adam Lowry, who had a down year last year, he's like more than 0.5 points per game. I mean, every player is playing their best hockey right now. And so much fun to watch. And it was a great atmosphere in the, it was a great atmosphere at the Canada Life Center yesterday. So, I mean, it, what, can you, what more can you say uh, about this team? Again, a blast. They're winning games, playing the right way. Uh, they're getting amazing goaltending. The goal differential, they're still up there. Sometimes you look at, hey, goal differential. Now, look, I said yesterday, you know, the record of one goal games. Maybe it's too good. Uh, okay, so Hustler said something happened with his computer, and he's got to restart. Okay, that's probably a good thing. Uh, anyways, I'll shut up. Let's hear what uh, Rick Bonus had to say yesterday after the game because uh, I was inter- interested. Re- you know, I can talk all I want about Blake Wheeler, uh, but here is uh, Rick Bonus, and he had some words about Blake Wheeler as well. As I bring this, well, this is clearly the best he's played over the last. Uh, and we talked about it. Talked to him this morning, but he's skating a lot better right now. Um, so. Uh, he's been he's been a very positive influence in our room from day one, because I, I stand in the back and I kind of watch, and I see him going around talking to all the guys. So uh, I, I think he knows where he is at his career, and he, he's doing everything he can to help this team win and help this team get better. So the on ice is one thing, and his play is speaking for itself. But just as important to me is what he's doing off the ice. And when I see him going talking to guys and on the practice he's talking to guys and on the bench he's talking to guys, those are the things that are just as important to me because at this stage of his career, the man wants to win. It's, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, I don't think there's any been any doubt about Blake Wheeler's competitiveness and his desire to win and, and the way that he's acted since you know having the captaincy removed. I don't think he's really changed. And um, Rick Bonus talked about his impact mentoring other players uh, like Cole Perfetti who was setting him up for a couple goals last night when we talked to you know when we had to go through this whole captaincy thing I still told you're still the leader of this hockey club right so the C or the A don't worry about it be you and, uh, and give him a lot of credit for uh, he's done a he's done a He's done a much better job behind the scenes and off the ice than anyone realizes other than me because I get to watch it there you go and look we did see Shifley and Wheeler together for the first time this season. They played so well together in the past. Um, you know, Bones talked about reuniting the pair who Wheeler had, what, at four points and Shifley and Perfetti at three. He talked about pairing Shifley with Wheeler. Uh, just to try it, we need to score some more goals. I'm back, y'all. So, uh, and when you have the, I think in early in the, in the year, we needed Cole to play with some bigger guys with Doobie and Wheels. And now that he's after, you know, he thought clearly he's adjusted very well. And um, I, I, you just got to try it to see what it looks like with Mark and, and Wheels. Uh, and based on the, the history of Doobie and, and, and Kyle, so that gave us the option. At some point, I knew we were, this was going to develop, did no win. Um, so there, there, there was going to come a point that I knew we were going to put Doobie back with Casey, give the kids some time, and, um, and see what, happens, what develops. Yeah, there is, uh, there is Bones. 
talking about that. And you know what is funny, Remo? I was thinking about this last night. Um, there was a huge, for a big part of the fan base, and I think a big part of this is just some of the things that went on for a long time under Paul Maurice. There was a big reticence to split up Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, play them with other players. Uh, and we didn't see, I mean, listen, you're without Nikolai Ehlers. Other players, Mason Appleton, he was the guy that went up into that spot. Uh, then Morgan Barron is out. And they hadn't gone to Wheeler playing with Shifley um, for the majority of the first 20 games of the season. Um, I think that that would have been greeted. Um, uh, would have, it wouldn't have been a very popular move earlier in the year. Um, but the fact that Dobonis said that, you know, at some point we knew that that would probably happen or that would happen. Um, and to get the results that they have so far. And listen, Wheeler is... Listen, he's, he's on the back nine of his career for sure. I think he's now understanding what he does very well, what he can do. And you put him together with Mark Shifley and a, the guy that really is the key right now, I think that maybe we haven't talked enough about is Cole Perfetti, who is now able to, I think, keep up. I think he's now really, you know, feeling comfortable as an everyday national hockey leaguer. He's had some real tough nights so far against teams like Minnesota and Calgary that have been really physical on him. And he's learning what it takes to survive through those and still be effective for this club. And um, honestly, I don't think we could have imagined a better start for those players putting together. And at the same time, it puts Kyle Connor with Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, I mean, just going based on results, um, Kyle Connor has played his best hockey and has been the most effective and the most productive playing with Dubois right now. And again, it's a crazy that we're having this talking about this sort of success without Nikolai Ehlers, of which so much was expected this year. But it's a pretty darn good thing going on right now. And to think that hopefully this team gets a healthy Ehlers back a little later on, the addition that that will be to this club, not to mention the ability to make moves if they're in the mix, which I think we expect them to be right now um, because of the cap situation. Honestly, this is the best case scenario that I don't think anyone could have realistically predicted at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, I thought we were going to be talking about trading someone for futures at the deadline. But now I'm thinking, okay, well, who are they going to be trading away to get players to help them towards the playoffs? Um, is it going to be a forward? I mean, what are they going to do? This is, I mean, I, I didn't think we were going to be here this early, like counting down towards the playoffs, but. I mean, you can't argue with the results. Process has been strong. They're winning the games they should win. Uh, beating teams who are there in their division, you know, going up for the playoffs. Like they beat Dallas twice, uh, Colorado twice. Minnesota was a stinker. But that was a scheduled loss, like Thanksgiving around Minnesota. I mean, not, not much they could have done. Could have done there. So, um, I mean, and St. Louis as well. I mean, this is... It's been pretty pretty awesome to see how things are going, and they are second in the division, but first among points percentages. Dallas has played two more games. Yeah, well, listen, we're going to talk about this with the voice of the Jets, our good friend Paul Edmonds, in uh, just a second. Hey, as we do it, i got to give a big thanks to our friends at Consolidated Supply. Um, oh, Remo, listen, I'm going to have to reload this. No, game don't. I got it. I got it. You're good. You're good. You don't have to okay. do anything. The only problem is that I can't click OK. I... For whatever reason. You don't have to. I fixed it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Well done. Um, anyways, I'm back next week. 
and marbles are back. We'll do the marble race tomorrow. But uh, if you haven't heard, there's the 12 days of Christmas. Well, we're also going to have the 12 days of marbles on the program coming up. Uh, our friends at Consolidated Supply have joined us for the Consolidated Supply of Marbles Tournament of Champions. If you're listening to the podcast wondering what we're talking about, you got to get here towards the end of the program on Friday to be a part of it. And we will be doing 12 consecutive days of marbles where we'll be qualifying three winners to go in for a championship race in the final day of 2022. And the winner will receive a pair of bomber season tickets for 2023, courtesy of Consolidated Supply. Cannot wait to do that. And of course, Consolidated Supply is ready for a huge 2023. They are your first choice for golf turf, irrigation systems, artificial turf, and of course, golf carts is the club car dealer, both for golf courses, but also industrial use, two, four, six seaters, and individual ones if you want to trick one out for the cabin next year. Uh, they've also got amazing spas, backyard, outdoor kitchens, and more for landscaping. Spicy, Joe, and the gang uh, have everything that can help you make that dream backyard come true. Find out more. Pop down and see them. Open to the public. 1395 Niaqua Road East. Or check out their website. They've just relaunched it at CTE.com. I'm going to be talking to Paulie about Josh Morrissey and the season he's having right now. And uh, a great time to mention that we've teamed up with our great sponsors at Wallace & Wallace to help the Dream Factory and recognize some unsung heroes in the community. If you have someone in your life that's spending you know, selfless, countless hours volunteering at the community center <clears throat> at a local charity, or maybe just doing things quietly for neighbors that no one else notices. Tell us about them. Send us an email. Unsung hero at Winnipeg sports talk.com. We'll be uh, awarding a winner every month for our nominees with an autographed Josh Morrissey Jersey as well as making a $500 donation from Wallace Wallace, which Josh and Margot Morris are going to match to the Dream Factory. And of course, Josh is a spokesperson for the Dream Factory as well. And hey, the folks at Vita Health want to remind you, November is Men's Health Month. I know we're just wrapping it up right now, but it is important to take care of yourself, fellas. And no better time like the present. Vita Health is the best spot for natural and organic supplements, things to help, all the things Get most out of your life with live long and live healthy, um, not to mention the best selection of local products as well. And uh, great supplements from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals. Pop down and see them at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And maybe your best bet is to check out their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. Uh, all right, I am going to... See if I can see you guys again. Um, Remo, if you can, welcome Polly in. And uh, I'm just going to see if I can reload this camera. We're having some issues right now after that restart. Uh, but uh, we got to bring in the voice of the Winnipeg Jets, Paul Edmonds, to talk about that big win last night against the Colorado Avalanche. Polly, what's up? No, nah, not much, Hustler. Thanks for having me. I hope you're having a great time. And I've been following the Doha Double. I've been trying to cash in on the Doha Double ever since you got to Qatar. Um, let's get right to it. Five nothing last night over the Colorado Avalanche. Blake Wheeler with a hat trick. Connor Hellebuck with a forty save shutout. Um, but a forty save shutout that honestly was about as 
ho-hum, I think, as you'll see right now because of the way the team played in front of it. Um, uh, what a great way to start off this homestand and build off the way they finished that road trip. Yeah, I would say kind of a casual sort of performance for a shutout, but there was some tester saves near the end. I think of that that run down the middle by Anton Bleed that uh, ended up being an opportunity for, for Colorado at that point just to break the shutout, right? So... I mean, he had a, a couple of saves that uh, were challenging for sure near the end um, that he had to make to preserve the shutout. So that's now number 31 of his career and um, third one this year. So, you know, he's played real well and he's backstopped Winnipeg. But I think they've been much better in front of him overall this year. And just the commitment to defense has, has been much better for the Winnipeg Jets. They systematically just seem to know where they need to be where to go and how to support each other and Mark Scheifele talked about that before the game yesterday actually and he was a big part of Blake Wheeler's fourth shutout of his career or pardon me fourth hat trick of his career so things are going swimmingly for the Winnipeg Jets and it's interesting because I think that there was a lot of people and rightfully so that were looking at major changes in the offseason for this team it never happened and collectively this group is pretty good they just needed the right guy to kind of lead them after a change last year, and it looks like they found the right guy, or collectively a number of guys. I mean, Scott Arneal's involved in that, along with Rick Bonus, and certainly you've got Marty Johnston and Brad Lauer. I mean, they've all worked tirelessly to try to get this thing righted, and it's been a quick start, and so far now the Winnipeg Jets are challenging for first place. It's been great because I think it's reinvigorated the the players for sure that are playing right now, Hustler. But most importantly, I think it reinvigorated the fan base here in the capital. Region. You know, Paulie, um, listen, you're, you're one of the guys that's with the team every single day on the road as well. Connor Hellebuck spoke about it yesterday. Um, just the vibe around the team, how much fun these guys are having together. Um, how, what have you seen around this team? From day one of training camp, the way that they've grown as a group and um, the results they've had, the belief that's been built leading from what Rick Bonus has been preaching, what that's happened on the ice and on the scoreboard and what that has built to a team that, you know, pulled off that big win last night against the defending champs. Well, like relationships in the dressing room at the end of last year were as tattered as everybody had reported. I think that they were more connected than than people had thought or or learned or understood. And that's, I think, been solidified this year because, again, it's been the same group that has returned, essentially. There's been a few other you know, alterations to the roster from last year. There always is. Even championship teams never retain their entire 23-man roster. But I think everybody gets along. And I think once you have a system that's in place, as I talked about, and the rewards start to come in the form of victories, a lot more than losses, then the buy-in starts and the confidence level goes up and everybody's enjoying themselves. And I think that this team is is fairly connected uh, with each other. They're, it's become an older group. It's not a young group anymore. Yeah, sure, you're bringing in Dylan Sandberg, but you're also bringing in Cole Perfetti. But the integration of those players, I think, is much easier when you have a more veteran lineup. And the Winnipeg Jets are just that. And I was thinking about this today because I was wondering if you were going to ask me this question. And the answer that I have for you is, sure, Kyle Connor would love to get to 50 goals or 60 goals, and so would Mark Shifley. And Blake Wheeler would love to have another 91-point season, right? I don't know if all of that's going to happen. 
But I think they're okay with that because collectively you don't have anybody really in the top five of scoring. You've got a defenseman that's leading your team in scoring, one of three of those in the National Hockey League. But I think that if the winning comes, first and foremost, the personal goals will be satisfied by with whatever you attain in terms of offense if the team is winning. And if you get to the Stanley Cup final and if you happen to win it, then I think that all bets are off in terms of of what you wanted to accomplish in, a, in terms of a personal goal. It was funny, and I'll tell you this story. When Blake Wheeler was in Los Angeles with the team, it was right around the time that his friend, his good friend and former teammate at the University of Minnesota, and a guy that he's played with on some international stages with Team USA in Phil Kessel, was just about ready to break the Ironman streak for consecutive games played. Plus, you know, it was 400 goals. He's getting close to 1,000 points all those types of things and milestones that he was hitting. And I asked Blake, you know, with all of what's gone on in his career, that being Phil Kessel's, with the numbers that I just mentioned and rolled out, is he a Hall of Famer? And what stands out the most in terms of those numbers? And without even question and hesitation, he said, two cups. So that's where it is for Blake Wheeler right now. It's about winning. And that's permeated, I think, right through that locker room. It's not about individual goals and objectives. Certainly, you need to have your scorer score and your goaltender to play well and and put up some great numbers. But if all of that works in your favor and collectively everybody's having good years, then I think the team will benefit from that. It's all about winning right now for this group. I don't think it's about trying to get to 50 goals per se. I think this team is looking at a window that exists for a couple of years, especially with some contracts that are that are upcoming after next season. Blake Wheeler's being one, Mark Scheifele's being another, Connor Hellebuck, I could go on. I think it's about winning more than anything else for this group because they are past the point of being a young, up-and-coming, sort of rookie-laden, you know, inexperienced team in the National Hockey League. Well, I, I, you know, you're, you're exactly right on that. Um, and Wheeler has been the guy here for so long. And we all know the way the team started, the, the team started. And the first thing Rick Bonus did before training camp even started saying that they were going to go without a captain. And, you know, that's not an easy thing for, I think, any proud individual to have happen to them, Paul. And, you know, I really thought that, you know, we'll see the way this works out. But, you know, the, the best example of leadership could possibly be for a guy to embrace that, to accept it and to do everything he can to help his team win. And you look right now in the scoring, he's one point off a point a game so far this year. And of course, now back with Mark Shifley for the first time, his longtime running mate, along with Cole Perfetti. And man, they've clicked right off the bat. What have you thought about that line? Wheeler's performance yesterday, but also the impact that Cole Perfetti is having with an opportunity for a primetime spot with two guys that have been incredibly productive for a very long time. Well, first to Wheeler, I mean, you talked about running, mate. I think they're after another four years. They're they're champion for another four years, Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to use sort of a political banter there. Um, but I think that Mark Scheifele's play has been re-energized. He's been engaged again. He said to me yesterday before the game that he feels like he's playing his best hockey of his entire career and certainly in the last four years. He's really benefited from the coaching change and understanding where to be, what to do, and really the importance of winning. Then you factor in Blake Wheeler beside him. That's a familiar face on his right-wing side for many, many years. 
And Blake looks re-energized, and there's been some pressure alleviated off of Blake because I think the captaincy has been removed, and he doesn't have to talk to the media and and be responsible for other things that comes with, you know, the the badge that you wear as the captaincy on your lapel. And so those two have always had a fit, and the chemistry I think is inarguable when it comes to how they have performed and how prolific prolific they have been over the years. Now they brought this young guy along, and I think. Cole would be the first to admit that he was a little unsure on on where he fit in on that line. Was he a passer? Was he a shooter? Was he going to distribute? Was he going and taking the puck to the net and making plays? Where did he all fit in? And I think that there was some criticisms at the start of the year, and this isn't major, but they were almost overpassing at times, that line. They were trying to be too cute. And now I think that Cole Perfetti is really – felt comfortable as a National Hockey League player as a 20-year-old, soon to be 21-year-old in January. And he's gotten some games under his belt. He's got some experience now. He feels like he belongs. The confidence level has risen. He also, you know, sat down after an egregious turnover in Minnesota and got a bit of a wake-up call from there and had a good little chat with the head coach after that about where he needed to be stronger and better and has taken that and used that to his advantage and to his benefit. And now you're seeing, I think, the creativity of Cole Perfetti and one of the reasons why in 2020 he was drafted 10th overall by the Winnipeg Jets because he has complemented that line or those other two pieces as being a very top-shelf line in the National Hockey League again. They brought this young guy along, and he has certainly leveled off to a tier that I don't know that many expected him to get to, but you watched him in that game against Colorado and he was equally as good as anybody else on that ice when it came to making plays, spotting people, having the vision, putting it on the tape and and then certainly being able to finish or help others finish. So he's been a good complimentary piece and he's only going to get better. So that whole line has really jived for different reasons. You brought Blake back into the fold and got him re-energized. you got Mark Shifley playing his best 200-foot hockey in years and you brought along a young guy that's really only going to help the Winnipeg Jets for many, many years to come. Well, and at the same time, it allows um, PLD to hook back up with Kyle Connor, who um, together, um, you know, played so well last year and was such a big, big part of, um, you know, what success the Jets did have. And certainly one of the biggest thing was Kyle Connor's incredible goal scoring uh, season. Um, he was real snake bit at the beginning of the season, Paulie. Um, it certainly started to click right now. And, you know, it's sort of the Kyle Connor we expect, but um Having those guys together, I think, is key, and it really does. You know, remember last year we were always talking about it seemed to be one line or the other that were going at the same time? I mean, right now, in all aspects of the hockey game, it seems both of those lines are going. But um, certainly I think KFC quite comfortable playing alongside Pierre. Well, I think when you're the the type of player that Kyle Connor is, where you're more of a finesse guy, don't get me wrong. I mean, he gets in on on somebody's hands and he can win a puck battle for sure. And then he can also escape some traffic, stick handle out of a phone booth, as we like to say. But when you've got a guy as rugged and big and a bit of a bull in the middle of the ice to help you free up the puck so that you can use those legs and that speed that you have, it's a great compliment as well. I mean, I think that the lines have, have really been balanced in terms of 
being able to have some young, some old. Now Morgan Barron's on that line. So he's kind of applicable again to the Cole Perfetti on the left-wing side of that Shifley and Wheeler line, right? So you've got some youth there. You've got some big bodies. You've also got some skill and some speed. So those two lines are really balanced, and and it's really hard to kind of match up against them, whether it be deep pairings or going head-to-head with your best line or your checking line. Even if you have home change, and the last change when you are at home in the opposition. The way they built this, the way it's been kind of rolled out this year and spread out, uh, the balance has been exquisite for the Jets. And I really like the way that they've gotten back to getting Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois back together because they were so magical last year for that uh, 40-plus goal season that Kyle Connor had in almost 50. Had he not lost a couple games to COVID, he might have got to 50 for sure on the heater that he was on. But let's not kid ourselves i mean kyle connor even though he started slowly was still getting opportunities he leads the team in shots on goal he had 52 going into the game last night so it's not like he's not around the net with the puck he's shooting the puck they just weren't going for him he was hitting posts it was going off like the butt end of the goaltender's stick stuff like that right um so i think that winnipeg will be a hard team to kind of match up against and and game plan for when you have the the lines that you do and Hey, Morgan Barron's going to really enjoy life on playing on the right wing side. Hey, I'm a left-handed shot. You want to play right wing? No problem. Sure. Oh, with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, you bet. Yeah, I could play the right wing. Never played it in my life, but I'll play right wing on that line just to have the opportunity. And that's been, I think, the integration that we talk about, how you've had a a more veteran team this year that's uh, well-prepared and, I guess, well-situated to be able to bring these young guys along and let them produce and not bring them along too fast and not put them in a situation to be successful. Um, Paulie, we've got to talk about Josh Morrissey. Uh, he has been, listen, he's always been a very important player and a top defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets, but he has continued to raise his level of play and now sits in a very elite company. Um, you know, at the top of NHL defenseman scoring and as the leading scorer of this team. And uh, anyone that follows us on social media has given us the opportunity to play some of your incredible calls of OT winners from Josh Morrissey, especially last week. I mean, what have you seen from Josh? Well, a lot. And I think you have to look at the chronology of Josh Morrissey as a player since being drafted 13th overall in 2013. He came into camp that year and he put on some weight and it, it slowed him down. He thought that he had to get bigger and stronger to play in the National Hockey League Then realized that that was not going to be his game. So he went back to junior and then lost a little bit of weight or a little bit of muscle, got quicker again and found his way to the moose for only a year and then brings up sort of a long, you know, maybe a bit of a surprise or, or at the time that he made the team, Dustin Bufflin comes along and says, I want to play with the kids. So what better mentorship to be able to learn the game defensively than to have that protection around you for a couple of seasons and let Buff be Buff. So he learned to play the defensive side of the game, even though he had layers of offense coming out of Major Junior, whether it was Prince Albert or with Kelowna. And then from there, you know, there was that major departure on the blue line that I really believe stung the Winnipeg Jets for a long time. And Ben Sherratt, Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba, Tyler Myers, they all left. I mean, one fell swoop, they were all gone. And that left sort of the, the focal point on Josh Morris. He's the number one guy. And that was a lot of pressure. At the same time, he signed a, a big contract extension, uh, got paid very well. And 
I think there was a lot of pressure on him, or at least he put pressure on himself to perform that way. He also lost his father a year and a half to two years ago. I mean, that's never easy for a guy that's still in his 20s, I'm sure. A guy that was very influential in his in his defenseman's career all the way through because um, from what I understand, Josh's dad ran defenseman clinics in Calgary specifically to teach the position of, of playing defense. And so now, you know, he's gotten a little bit more tread on the tire with that experience. And now he's comfortable in adding that offensive layer that he's always had. The big part, and you asked me for what I've seen from him, how about the speed? It was the breakaway goal in Dallas in overtime where he took the pass from Wheeler and he was like equidistant at center ice with Jason Robertson. And he just blew by him to walk in all alone. He turned really a one-on-one into a breakaway from center ice in. That's the speed. I mean, he's elite when it comes to skating. And we see that speed on display every once in a while. Because as a defenseman, he doesn't get up the ice to rush the puck all the time. But get him in that three-on-three environment. And you do see that different skill set or another you know, asset that he has to his game. He's been wonderful this year, and I think it's a testament to when you're an offensive defenseman, a little bit maybe undersized, you can still go out, play physical, uh, take the man, get in on hands, block shots, learn the game from your blue line in for sure, but also then once you're comfortable doing that, start to add the offensive element to your game, and he's done that, and he's one of three NHL defensemen right now in the National Hockey League to lead their team in scoring in last check. Uh, Paul Edmonds is the play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. You can hear all the calls on CJ680, CJOB. Um, Paulie, you more than anyone have a unique window into the behind-the-scenes nature of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, tell us about the Bones effect. I mean, what have you seen from Rick Bonus, both on the ice, in front of the media, but also behind the scenes and how his influence is helping propel this team to make the most of the potential that they didn't realize last season. Hustler, he might be the best second choice as a head coach in the history of the (laughs) National Hockey League. (laughs) You know, I mean, he wasn't the guy that the Jets originally sought. They wanted Barry Trotz. And even in his opening address as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, he said that. He joked and said, well, if I was Kevin Chevalier off, I wanted Barry Trotz first too. But I think what you've got is a guy that's had a lot of experience as a player, an assistant, a head, an associate coach, all the way through. And a testament to Rick Bonus because he's always been a very friendly guy. Serious, down to business, but always approachable and always kind. And I think what he's done is he he knew the game from back in the 70s and the 80s. And he's learned the game as it's gone through, as it's changed from a more physical type of game to more skating and skill. And one thing that he's really learned, and he will tell you, is how to communicate with today's player. And if you don't have that, you don't have anything because it is a unique situation when you're talking to today's athlete, especially in hockey. So he's learned all of these things. He's taken them. He's made the application to them. He's 67 years old. He's allowed the room to breathe, brought in more leadership. He signed a credo or had the players do that. He's been more welcoming. They've gotten flight jackets. There's just a lot more collectiveness 
with this team. There's a lot more connectedness as well. And that's all on Rick Bonus. It's his vision. The coach, the head coach sets out the vision and everybody kind of rolls from there. Not to be, you know, only isolated to one guy. I mean, Scott Arneal has been part of that and the other two coaches that I mentioned previous as well. But really, it's been the vision and the leadership of Rick Bonus that's helped turn this thing around. And he's been a great acquisition for the Winnipeg Jets. And, and it's been, to this point, 21 games through, a pretty special year for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think Rick Bonus is really enjoying his second stint as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, although it was many years and decades between the first and second stint. Pauly, uh, just on the way out, I got to ask you, um, you've been around this team for a long time. When was the last time you've seen the Winnipeg Jets have as much fun as they are together as a team right now? Yeah, it would be a few years. I think probably leading up to that 17-18 season, and you saw them trending in the right direction, and then that year was was a great year. And, and I really don't think that anybody was surprised by them getting past Minnesota. And then maybe a little surprise, a Game 7 win against Nashville. Um, but the ride was on for sure. That was a fun year, and you saw the players playing for each other and and playing for the crest and not you know the name bar on the back. And I, I think that there's some comparisons between that team and this team, a lot of years between them. Um, but there's a long way to go here. But the Winnipeg Jets seem to be on the right track. So it's been a few years, but it's been a lot more fun to be around the team this year than the last couple COVID included, but for other reasons as well. Polly, keep up the great work. Been loving the calls, and uh, hopefully we've got a few more OT bangers from you and great winning goal calls that we can throw out to a Winnipeg Jet fans on the social channels. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, have a great one tomorrow night on OB. Hustler, my pleasure. Thanks a lot to Remo and Hustler. I'm going to try to cash in on the Doha double today yes yes well we're we're checking out what's going on in these games as we speak right now and of course uh one more game for me here in qatar tomorrow canada and morocco and uh, i cannot wait to get back to the rink uh, i guess next game i'll be there is oh next tuesday guess who's back paul maurice and the florida panthers should be a lot of fun paulie all the best my man thanks for doing this and uh, we'll talk to you soon see you guys thanks a lot Good stuff. There is Paul Edmonds. All right. We're going to go from Paul with more Jets talk to Murata Tesh. Just before we do that, uh, had a few technical difficulties at the beginning of this program, and I didn't get to throw out the why not question of the day. And, uh, you know, this is, I can't even believe I'm able to throw this question out right now to you folks. But, uh, hey, I mean, the team has earned it, and a lot of individuals have earned it. And we're now talking about a number of Winnipeg Jets that, are getting and should be getting legitimate or should be in conversations for maybe some trophies. And as Paul said, there's a ton of road left to go, but Hey, this is what we do here on these sports talk programs. We recognize where things are at. Let me ask you this, which Winnipeg member of the Winnipeg jets has a better chance of winning a trophy this season. Is it Rick bonus with the Jack Adams? Is it Josh Norrissey with the Norris trophy? Is it Cole Perfetti? With the uh, with the Calder Trophy, or is it Connor Hellebuck with the Vesna? Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Hit us up in the chat, and if you're watching the program after the fact, definitely put it in the comments on YouTube. Of course, the Why Not Question of the Day brought to you each and every day by our friends at Not Autocorp. Winter's here, folks. You might be thinking it is time for a new vehicle or maybe upgrading the one that you have right now. Well, before you do anything, pop on down to Nod at, at Waverly and McGilvery and talk to the Nod experts. Check out the amazing vehicles that they have on the lot. But if there is a specific make and model that you've got your sights set on, 
Let the not expert source it, find it, and get it into you at the best possible price. But listen, many people aren't looking for a new vehicle, but also whether it need work, service, maintenance on it. Of course, not will take care of all that for you. But guys, winter's here. You better have those winter tires. And if you don't, not AutoCorp has winter tire specials and the MPI payment plan. So why not get safe winter tires for you and your family and pay later at Not AutoCorp? You can find out in person at Waverly and McGilvery. Give them a call or check them out online at not.ca. Well, with all the excitement about the Winnipeg Jets right now, uh, we've got those beautiful new retro reverse jerseys in. Might make a great Christmas present. Uh, when you're getting ready for your holiday shopping, there's only one place you need to go for the sports fan in your family, and that is Royal Sports. The biggest and best selection anywhere when it comes to Winnipeg Jets gear, Winnipeg Blue Bomber gear, the National Football League, NHL, World Soccer, Team Canada. If you've been seeing any of the videos that I've been doing, totally outfitted by uh, our friends over at Royal Sports. They really do have it all. And listen, if you played hockey, you probably know this already but they have been the hockey superstore in Winnipeg for over 40 years uh, with hockey players working in the shop to help you get the best equipment, the best fit for the best performance for players of all levels. And as well, people that maybe don't play hockey, but want to get out on the ice. will have the river trail coming up a great Christmas gift, some really unique new skate options as well. You know, not, thousand dollar skates that you need to play in the national hockey league uh but great casual ones perfect for the river find out more royal sports 750 pemina highway and follow them on instagram at royal sports pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information and hey guys you might be thinking holiday dinners events christmas parties how's the wardrobe looking uh, if you need to up the wardrobe game, there's only one place to do that, and that is F Apparel. Now, we always tell you, if you need a suit, it is the place to go for custom suits, starting at just $400. The best fit, the best makes, you got to pop in. Remo and I both did it. A very simple process. Get measured up. Pick your style, color, fabrics, and more. And you got a beautiful new custom suit coming in just a few weeks. And, hey, there might be some people in the family that could use that as a Christmas gift F Apparel gift cards, a great gift for the guy in your family that maybe is looking to upgrade the wardrobe as well. Andrew Parks and his staff waiting for you right now at 190 Smith Street downtown. Check them out online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com for more or to make an appointment. All right, more Jets talk coming up. We will talk to Alex Limoges, Alex Limoges of the Manitoba Moose, their Moose leading scorer a little bit later on in the program. But right now, let's welcome in Marat Atesh. And I missed Marat last week on Wednesday because I was at uh, the first of uh, the three Canada games here in Qatar. We've got Marat right now. How are you, my friend? What's going on? As I am doing well. I am happy to see you. I am so excited for your trip in Qatar. I'm so, like, following you cheering on Alfonso Davies' goal was all of us it was every single I, – I mean, I'm just happy that you're doing it, man. It's uh, I'm great to – I'm just in a good mood. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Well, it is great to have you. And listen, this has been – I joke that I feel like I'm now a semi-permanent resident of uh, the state of Qatar. We've kind of been here for so long. I am looking forward to getting back. And one of the biggest reasons is because of the way the Winnipeg Jets have been playing right now. Um, but really looking forward to getting back to uh, the, the stadium. One more time tomorrow, we will see a new stadium for the Canada-Morocco game. And then it'll be a long weekend of travel. We'll be back here getting ready for 
Pretty big game with the Florida Panthers coming in next week. Couple games more before that here on this homestand. Uh, but let's get to it right off the bat. Why don't we start off with last night's game and then we'll talk more big picture about this, uh, where the team is right now. 40 saves for Connor Hellebuck, although I will say as far as 40 save shutouts go, that uh, was probably uh, maybe a, a, a more, um, an easier one from Con for Connor um, compared to some of the nights where he had to be ridiculously out of his mind, standout great. And I mean, Blake Wheeler with a hat trick uh, being rewarded for a lot of the things that he's doing for this club. Um, it all seems to be coming together, and what a way to start off this homestand against the defending Stanley Cup champs in a huge divisional game, finishing it with a 5 nothing victory. What did you see last night? I mean, I saw a good team handle a really dangerous wave early for just a couple of shifts and then beat the Stanley Cup champions. I mean, that just think of that as a statement coming out of summer uh, into the season that we've had. And so... I agree with you, Hus. The idea of 40 saves, you kind of look at it and, you know, as far as 40 save Hellebuck masterpieces go, this was a solid effort, but it wasn't like Winnipeg was buried in its own zone for, for tons of stretches. Um, it really was, for me, there are a couple of shifts early in the first period where Nathan McKinnon got back-to-back -back offensive, uh, so just defensive zone draws, and was able to keep Winnipeg hemmed in for you know, 45 seconds or so on one shift and then the next 20 of the next before Winnipeg was able to clear. And so Winnipeg had defending to do, Hellebuck had work to do, but they survived it. And the chances that Colorado got, even though they were from not too, too far away, everybody was in position. If there was a 50-50 puck, it was at least contested. Winnipeg is not an excellent team at box outs and clearing the slot and clearing the crease. That's one of the things that they don't do very well. They didn't do it that great against Colorado last night either. That's why so many shots, so many from close to Hellebuck. But they were there. They were in the fight. They weren't out of position. Um, and that made Colorado scorer's job really hard. Survive that. And then all of a sudden, it's the Blake Wheeler show. And hypnotize by Biggie is a gem. And I've, I've been thinking about this, like which jet picked the best goal song? When you hear that song three times in a night, it's a party. It is an absolute party in that building. Um, and Blake Wheeler's goals set up by highlight reel passes by Cole Perfetti, set up by highlight reel hustle plays by Mark Scheifele. That's a very good look for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I know Colorado didn't have Landis Cog, they didn't have Nichushkin, among others. Winnipeg didn't have Nikolai Ehlers, among others. So there's uh, a little give and take on both sides. It was a strong effort either way for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I, and I think back to, um, I mean, listen, there's been some nights where they haven't looked good. I mean, the game earlier in Dallas, certainly last week in Minnesota. But man, the way that they have immediately bounced back with strong performances next week. And, you know, honestly, the lack of consistency that we'd seen in the past of the Winnipeg Jets have a good game, maybe fall back a little bit. I'm not sure whether it's the new coach, whether it's something that Rick and his staff have been doing, or maybe it's something internal, but they bounce back from a bad performance. They have a strong game. They win and they keep going. And, you know, listen, we've heard so many times about that all first game back from a road trip um, to start off this trip against arguably the toughest team that they're playing in these four games with a performance like that bodes very, very well. And I mean, you can pick out signs game after game of growth amongst the team individually coming together. Um, but man, to do what they did last night, um, you know, in so many ways, a huge game. And I mean, 
there's few better teams to test yourself with in the league, but especially in the division. And Marat, I think of the St. Louis game early on, which uh, you know was probably the game six, five or six of the season, was a real statement game that you know we talked about. That's the blueprint. They did it again against Dallas in a huge divisional game a few weeks ago. And then to do that last night, I mean, the way that they've raised their level of play in big games on home ice against teams that they simply have to beat if they want to be a playoff team um, is something that I think is getting fans excited. But it's also quite clear exciting the players. And it's something that they are taking and building on game after game as we now get into the second quarter of the season coming off the best start in franchise history. I mean, the excitement in the players is the really nice, almost palpable feeling that we get when we go into the room. And one of the phrases that you've heard them repeat, and you know, this comes from people who were vocal last year, this comes from people who weren't as vocal last year, is that the team is starting to learn the lesson that when it plays the right way, it wins. Like, you do the right things, you get paid, you get the scoring chance, you get the defensive stop, it leads to the wins, it leads to these good vibes. And I think that that's a coaching thing. Um, and coaching for me, its impact on the Winnipeg Jets this season and Rick Bonus and staff all deserve credit. It comes from a couple of different angles. You hear Brendan Dillon talk about how every decision is black and white. The game plan is there. The We had a nice one-on-one chat. It went up at The Athletic about a week and a half ago now where he's sort of breaking it down, saying, you know, on these sorts of plays, we know what we're supposed to do. Face-off plays, set plays, breakouts, there's no question anymore, and everybody is in the right spot. That um, That is an improvement in terms of how the Jets play year over year. And I think that everybody who watched the Jets last year wanted that and believed a new coach, most new coaches would be capable of, of that. But Hustler, for me, the real impact on the Winnipeg Jets of coaching this year, I talked to... Remember, we were all Trotz watch, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of names for a little while. But Trotz was the real guy. Um, At that time, I was talking to an NHL coach about the about the Winnipeg Jets. And um, basically, the question that I put to him was. How is a new coach going to come in and generate buy in? And I think that's what we all thought Winnipeg needed, a higher sense of accountability, a buy-in, everybody's pulling on the same rope and, and responsible to each other. And what he said was, listen, a veteran coach is going to be important here because it's not about generating buy-in in that it's from the coach to the players. It's about creating a situation where the players are going to do that for themselves. And when you go back to what we hear coming out of that Banff trip from the Winnipeg Jets, all of Winnipeg's standards this year were brainstormed and written by the players. What they, when they talk about accountability, when they talk about what it means to be a good teammate, it's not Rick Bonus whose definition of those words is on their board or on their mantra that all of them have signed. It's their own. And that came through conversations. And, you know, it's my understanding that a lot of folks were heard very well in those conversations. Um, and not even guys who were necessarily always feeling like they were heard in years, in years previous. I think that a huge part of Winnipeg's leadership coming from coaching has been finding a way to facilitate Winnipeg's players to be their own standard bearer. And I think that's part of why they respond so well after horrible nights like Minnesota is that they're the ones responsible to each other. And they've also seen what playing well can do for them. And uh, I think that that bounce back that you're talking about is a real key story for, for this season. You know, uh, this team, we, we've said, hey, everyone needs to be pulling on the on the same rope, if you will, and buying in and all of that. I'm not sure there's a better example 
of that than um, the season that Mark Shifley's having right now. And it's funny. I was looking at the the point totals, and Shifley's like kind of fifth in scoring. Obviously, he had all those goals at the start. Kyle Connor was a little bit of snake bit, so probably there's a few assists that maybe didn't get on the board. But it was interesting to hear you um, describe Mark Shifley playing last night against Nate McKinnon and doing some of the little things that maybe weren't there last year. I just was wondering if you wanted to expand on what you've seen through this first quarter of the season and the growth of Mark Shifley and how he is really doing what needs to be done in some of the areas that don't show up on the score sheet that's helping his team win hockey games. Yeah, and I I can start that with Winnipeg's first game against Colorado that looked a lot more chaotic than this win did. And there were times against Colorado early in, in the season when Winnipeg was buried in its own zone for a while. And we sort of were thinking about about last season. Oh my goodness, this is happening all over again just for that very small sample of that game. And then you go back and you look at the extended shift and on one play where I think it's Arturi Lekkonen who scored against, against Winnipeg. And you look at all the chances Winnipeg had to get the puck out and didn't. Uh, in my mind, there were three on this one particular play where Colorado scored. Two of them, to my mind, belonged to Kyle Connor. One of them belonged to Josh Morrissey, a giveaway. And all of it resulted in a lot more zone time in Winnipeg's end and defending. And if you watch those, what was it, 90 seconds or so, I can't remember the number on that, and you just watch Mark Shifley, every single time Winnipeg gives the puck away, he does not curl, he does not look towards the offensive zone, he's not following Kyle Connor across the blue line and looking for that offense before the puck is safe. Every time that a turnover happens or an issue happens, he digs in on both of his skates and gets back towards the play and then is on his man. And as the shift gets longer, that's getting more and more difficult to do. He's getting so fatigued, but he keeps doing it. And I thought that that, look, Winnipeg got scored against. And honestly, you're not going to show that as a highlight reel for anybody. There's so many giveaways. But if you watch him, it's it was a level of effort and commitment that I thought was a good sign. And then we talk about 200-foot players, and that's kind of, you know, a cliche. It's the whole rink, et cetera, et cetera. But you actually can almost watch, like, the – from end boards to end boards, the, the effort level of Mark Shifley in certain spots, he's putting his body, you know, in, in I don't want to say in harm's way, but he's laying the body to win pucks uh, at both ends. You hear defensemen talk about what it's been like to break the puck out this year. I've talked to Brendan Dillon about it. I've talked to Dylan DeMello about it one-on-one. Josh Morrissey has said it. Nate Schmidt has said it. The forwards are coming back and Winnipeg's defensemen have options. So last week against Carolina, when Carolina, the Hurricanes are one of the, I was going to say the world's, and I guess that's true, one of the league's best forechecking teams in terms of dumping the puck, getting it back, staying heavy, cycling. Carolina's as good as it gets in the NHL. But you remember that game up until the goalie pulled situation where Carolina kept scoring, Winnipeg was getting the puck out of its zone clean. And that's because coaching, first of all, led to reads of the Carolina Hurricanes breakout. But every time a defenseman went back to get the puck, Winnipeg's forwards were lower support than I can remember them ever being, whether that's close to the puck carrier on the strong side, whether that's opposite the puck carrier on the other side of the net on the weak side. You had Mark Shifley playing help defense below the goal line. And I thought that little things like that are testaments to how hard this guy is working to make sure that everything goes well, as well as possible. He's not perfect. He's just a player as well as possible for everybody on the ice. And, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed Mark Shifley's season so far. Well, and it's a perfect segue into this new look line. Um, you know, Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley back together and kind of instantly clicked. But 
Cole Perfetti is a huge, huge part of that. Um, it's been really interesting from my perspective to watch him this year. I mean, we've seen the glimpses of the supernatural hockey sense that he has, um, the things that he can do without that elite level of speed that often is, you know, a deciding factor in making players, you know, as effective as he's able to be. Um, but man, and, and you know, a few real tough nights against some of the physical grind of teams that have kind of targeted him and said, Hey kid, welcome to the league. We're going to make you pay. Um, what have you seen from Cole through this first 21 and, um, your, your thoughts on that line after uh, being put together a couple games ago with some pretty incredible early results. Yeah, for me, Cole Perfetti's season, it's an oversimplification, but I think for the first few games, there's a ton of energy. His line with Wheeler and Dubois, they were creating a lot of chances that they weren't necessarily scoring all of the time. I thought there was some chemistry figuring out who's shooting when, who's taking the puck to the net when, but they were all over it for a little while. I don't think they got paid. I don't think they got um, pointed out for that, so to speak, early on as much as they could have done. Um, but then in that middle stretch of games, for me, it was an inconsistency from Cole Perfetti. It was... And I think this is normal for a 20-year-old NHL hockey player in this league in his first full season. Um, but there were times where the hockey sense shone through, the plays were made, there was a lot of quick thinking and quick plays made, and it looked so much like his skill set. And there are times when the play died on a stick a little bit, and when um, when plays that he tried to make weren't necessarily there for him either. And I, thought, I think that was normal. You're not going to bury the guy for that. But against Minnesota... It was interesting to me because he wasn't the only player who made giveaways that led to scoring chances against Winnipeg. Actually, Blake Wheeler made one that was really quite not to anybody's liking in, in Minnesota scored. Uh, he wasn't the only one, Cole Perfetti, that took penalties he wouldn't like. There were early ones uh, from other players, two veteran players. And Perfetti was benched for the third period. And I thought to myself, I mean, kind of why him? But then since that game... And Rick Bonus clearly knows what he's doing because the very first shift of Winnipeg's game in Dallas, um, he's a scoring chance machine. He scores a beautiful goal, and that doesn't stop throughout the rest of that game. And with Shifley and with Blake Wheeler, that has persisted, and they seem to be thinking the game the same way. And you're seeing the best version of Cole Perfetti on like on an extremely high percentage of his shifts. The one thing that I also want to say about Perfetti on this particular line is. I think that, you know, we're all going to remember that backhand pass to Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler smiling in disbelief on the highlight reel, like, oh, my goodness, how did you do that? Um, but early in that play, Winnipeg breaking the puck out of its zone. Cole Perfetti has the puck at Winnipeg's blue line. He sees Mark Shifley with a little bit more speed, and he outlets to Shifley uh, up the left-wing boards. And I think that that's a smart recognition of who's going to get this puck through the neutral zone better. Perfetti cuts into his lane. Um, this is not the right goal. Different play. Cole Perfetti cuts into his lane, gets a pass through a defender, skates uh, from Shifley, is able to make the play after that. And there's a sense of people on that line know who is capable of doing what, when. Um, and, and that level of IQ where they're reading off of each other and you have Blake Wheeler raving about the guy in the post game saying, hey, he saw what Shifley saw and what I saw. And this is the moment when I think that he he looked up and he saw this play was going to happen. And then he dragged the puck on his backhand. It was perfectly timed. And he's just kind of going off on how good of a play that was. I mean, I, I, I like that. And I think Perfetti's a, you know, a huge part of that line success last night. Well, he has been. And of course, the other part of that, it's allowed Kyle Connor to get back riding with Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I'm not going to say has been quiet 
uh, so far this season, but he kind of quietly is, you know, right up there near the top of the scoring leaders uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, and it's just about a point a game. Um, and now with Morgan Barron popping back in, adding that line, you know, it was funny. We began talking early on about why Perfetti, and Paul Edmonds brought this up a little earlier, you know, playing with some bigger players on that line. Well, Kyle Connor, who is a guy that, you know, certainly is not going to be blowing dudes up, you know, having that muscle, having that strength and a guy that always takes the puck to the net like Dubois, um, you know, history has proven it's a pretty darn good combination. And when you've got both of those lines going, um, this team, never mind the improvements in the bottom six, can be um, can be a real handful for other teams for a full 60 minutes right now. And um, I think we're seeing that. Um, just thoughts on Dubois and the Dubois-Connor reuniting. I mean, I I think that it's the right play for the Winnipeg Jets. I the two of those players, and this is no disrespect to Morgan Barron or Jansen Harkins or Evgeny Svechnikov or any of the players that have gone on and had success on that line, but the bread and butter of their success is Pierre Luc Dubois' ability to play in traffic, to play fast and powerful, and then to draw defenders to him, and then Kyle Connor's ability to cut into space. Um, to to become a dangerous outlet for a guy that's as big and as strong and has the vision that Dubois has. And that, to me, is about those two players. And then alternatively, I mean, there's so many plays you can remember from last season where Kyle Connor's speed is drawing, drawing heat from defensemen. So he's not getting just the one guy. He's getting two guys on him. Space opens up for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I think that that combination is something that a Winnipeg can continue to lean on. I really like how those two players play off of each other. The third guy, I mean, just go to good spots, win as many battles as you can, get the puck into those guys' hands as much as you can, as far as I'm concerned. And whether that's Morgan Barron or whomever, uh, even if Sam Gagne comes back in the line, I'm not sure what the what the next stretch of games looks like lines-wise, but those two guys should stick together. And I want to I want to throw like a, a cynical counter-argument about, hey, you needed to put Perfetti with with Dubois and Wheeler specifically because of size, so you could go Connor Shifley, Ehlers up top. Um, In that particular line arrangement, the way that I'm thinking of, if let's say you go Connor Dubois together right off the hop, and you know that Rick Bonus is establishing Mark Shifley as the the top center, um, then you've either got to give Cole Perfetti, the rookie, top line minutes right off the hop, and he hasn't quite proven that, or you've got to elevate Blake Wheeler to the first line and in a situation where you're removing the captaincy and giving him a more manageable, I want to say, workload on and off the ice, I think it would have been strange to look at line combinations on day one that was, you know, Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, or something to that effect up top. Um, it would have been a little bit as if nothing had changed. Um, and I don't know that that's what the coaches were thinking. I just want to provide, you know, just a little bit of cynicism for the cynics out there if they want anything else to, to cotton on No, I think it's a great point. I said it to Remo earlier on. And I mean, listen, I'm not sure what the coaches are thinking, but I mean, we hear it from the fans each and every day. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't even want Wheeler on the third line for crying out loud. They, you know, had it sort of said, oh, he's done going forward. And I mean, that was, to be honest, foolish. I mean, is he still, you know, the 91 point beast of a power forward that he was in 2016, 2017 into 2018? No, but can he still help you win hockey games and do a lot of things well? Absolutely. And 
you know, hopefully we'll have this conversation sooner as opposed to later, depending on the recovery from surgery of Nikolai Ehlers. But it really is interesting to think about the options that the Winnipeg Jets have when Ehlers comes back into the lineup. And, you know, for a team that has put up the record and has won the games and has played the way that they have so far this season, I mean, an addition like that is, I mean, massive. I mean, you know, you can't get a player like that on the trade market without having a huge, huge exodus from your club or from your future right now. So, I mean, everything that Raponis has done is seemingly leading to, well, an incredible first quarter of the season and looking to build on that throughout this homestand as we get into the holidays. I want to pivot to the blue line. And obviously, we got to talk about Josh Morrissey and the season he's having right now. But I wanted to start off by talking about Dylan DeMello. Dylan DeMello missed a couple of games. He's back in since it. He's had a couple points. And maybe the one play last night, which was maybe the most dangerous on Connor Hellebuck to prevent him from getting a shutout, was a play at the side of the net where the puck had come out. Hellebuck was sort of committed to the left side. And there's Dylan DeMello just neutralizing Nathan McKinnon, of all people, in front of an open, open net. Um, You know, he does things very quietly, but I don't know. I mean, I'm noticing it more and more. He plays as well as, you know, really being a guy that is starting to generate opportunities offensively through some of the things that he can do, creating transition in the game. Um, Thoughts on DeMello's season so far this year, and in particular, the boost he's given to the blue line since he returned. I mean, the idea of Dylan DeMello and Josh Morrissey as a, as a partnership, and then it just gives depth and a different dynamic to the rest of the lineup. We've seen DeMello play with Morrissey against the league's best a whole bunch of times and do really well. And I think that that's, that's a really good sign for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, the the desperation in DeMello's game last night against McKinnon on the play that you just mentioned, another really great sign because he's a guy coming off of a bit of an injury too. I'm, in terms of sacrificing his body to make plays, there was that. There was one of the very first shifts of the game where Nathan McKinnon was bursting up the left wing. DeMello was interfered with in the neutral zone, but he saw that McKinnon had a, a straight shot lane into Winnipeg's zone uncontested. So he dove past the guy that was interfering with him, got a stick on McKinnon's entry attempt, stopped it right there. And I'm like, this is a guy coming off of injury, diving essentially headfirst to stop a play in the neutral zone on Nathan McKinnon going as fast as he was. That that was a real nice statement for me. I thought that was a a phenomenal play, all effort, all hustle. Um, I got to say, though, Huss, first several games of the season, for me, the Dylan DeMello bread and butter is that five to ten foot breakout pass that puts his teammate who's receiving that pass in a good spot to move the puck up ice. It's not just dumping it to a guy because he's under pressure. DeMello's biggest strength for me is he makes the read. He knows where the four checkers are. He goes to the right guy that has time and space or even just a little more time and space than DeMello did when he started the play. For me, that wasn't necessarily there as much early on in the season. I didn't think that he was having that impact it's been the more recent stretch of games, especially since his injury, where I think that's back for him. Um, I think that he's had that impact. And he's always been a guy, because he breaks... I mean, he's not the one make, crossing the blue line necessarily, but he makes that first pass so well. He's been that sort of guy when you hear coaches talk about, well, he doesn't get points, but it's, you know he made the third pass or the fourth pass in that sequence or 
uh, to, to, you know, three passes ago, four passes ago, he'd get the third or fourth assist. He was that kind of player. And a lot of the analytics models clocked him as an offensive player because the Jets would get chances with him on the ice, even though he wasn't the one necessarily at the, at the business end of those chances. He'd done something earlier on in the play. And I think that's the DeMello that Winnipeg wants and needs and has gotten for the last few games. Um, keep doing that with Josh Morrissey. Set him free to go be Josh Norrissey. And there's some real nice synergy building there. Well, and let's move on to Mo um, because, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's a revelation because we know how important he's been to the Winnipeg Jets and we know the heavy lifting that he's done, the situation that he's been in. He's been clearly the guy that has been leaned on the most by the coaching staff in previous years as well as this year to get it done. But, I mean, my God, Marat, I mean, the uptick in his offensive production, the goals that he's scoring right now, the OT winners that he's putting together um, is, I mean, honestly, a revelation, I think, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I know you did that that piece on him last year on um, losing his father and some of the challenges that he had been going through off the ice. Um, but the way that he has blossomed into truly an elite top defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets, the guy that we had said the Winnipeg Jets didn't have and they needed uh, might be the single, if we're looking at a player that outside of the net and Connor Hellebuck, who I'll always maintain is the best player on this team and the foundation for Winnipeg Jets success, um, right behind it, it seems to be Josh Morrissey. And it's amazing that we're talking about Josh leading the team in scoring right now, being up there with Eric Carlson and Adam Fox in the National Hockey League uh, and being such a big, big part of the success that the Winnipeg Jets is having right now um, and not even playing as many minutes as a couple of those players. I think he's at about 23 per game. Many of those players are around 25. Um, but, I mean, the season that Morrissey's having has been incredible so far and um you know if he can keep this going we will be talking about a josh norrissey pitch at the end of the season and frankly he'll deserve it frankly he'll deserve it yeah if he keeps it up and i i know at 21 games played this has been a, this guy should be in your top 10 on that ballot like i don't know that everyone would choose him on the podium but he should absolutely be in the conversation i mean you do that for 82 and all of a sudden you know you creep a little bit further up that list because there are hot and cold streaks for a lot of these guys. We can sort of see how the the early favorites change in in in, in past years as well as, as years go on. Um, for me, I mean, you mentioned the piece that I that I wrote and and what Josh Morrissey was going through, and I kind of want to start it there. My thoughts on him, and you know, we've talked about the personal situation, and I don't think any of us will will ever you know know exactly what Morrissey's heart was going through in that time. That's that's his. Um, but we do know that it was a tough time, and um, we've talked about that quite a bit. The other corollary of that is, you know, there were there were workouts that he completely changed to skate in that rink away from everybody heading into the, I guess that was the 2021 season, um, or the 2020 slash 21 season that was played only in 21. Um, but in that fall, he was working out essentially at a at a at an outdoor sheet his buddy had set up. Um, and staying away from other people, other people who might get him sick so that, you know, in a pre-vaccine um, world of COVID at that time, the last thing Josh Morrissey wanted to do was bring an illness into his father's life because he was trying to spend time with him. Um, and that 
impacts how he's able to prepare. Coming out of um, Winnipeg's playoff loss against Montreal when the Jets were swept, you know, Josh Morrissey's dad, Tom, dies later that summer. And, um, you know, Morrissey in that piece talks about the encouragement, the freedom, all of those things that he got from his dad at that time. Well, he also got, you know, an opportunity to train one, you know, a little bit closer to 100% that summer. And he focused on explosiveness. He actually changed the way that he worked out, not trying to bulk up or whatever. Like, in, I'm not sure that that was his focus in previous seasons, but speed, agility, explosiveness. We saw that last year. Last year was the start of what's happening this year. This summer was the doubling down, and this is the next level. So we talked about it last night with the players, and we're, we're asking so many Morrissey questions. Blake Wheeler and I see eye to eye on this particular thing. He says, listen, it's this is something that started last year. This isn't the Josh Morrissey show brand new. We saw him show his elite ability for longer stretches last year, and we're seeing it kind of all the time right now. And, and that's that's what I see. How he got so much faster and all of those things, I cannot begin to explain. That's a um, that's to his credit. But I think that you can sort of see the storyline support that this is another escalation in an ongoing process of Josh Morrissey being a great defenseman. Murata Tesh of The Athletic with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, the Jets uh, going at it next up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, when are we going to see Big Save Dave next? Uh, and, and, and I guess... Part of that, we all know how miserable his season started with that ugly first period in Vegas. Uh, and I know we haven't seen much of him lately because it has been the Connor Hellebuck show. Uh, but uh, just thoughts on Riddick when he gets back in and, you know, how he's sort of bounced back and how the teams in a lot of ways rallied behind him after a really tough way to start his time in Winnipeg. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's such an interesting guy. I mean, from his very first Zoom, he was making jokes and saying, hey, I didn't miss Canadian media. And he's like kind of goofing around. And um, there's interviews that we do where there's a scrum on one side of the Jets dressing room. And you're like consistently hearing David Riddick, um, you know, chatter and chirping and humor in the background because he's such a vocal guy. I mean, he's a goalie among goalies, I think, in, in that way. And um, it's been fun to... <laughs> It's been fun to sort of see that uh, element uh, get get added to the Jets' room, um, and and credit to him for for stabilizing his game. I know that um, you know uh, some of those some of uh, his, those goals against early in certain moments and things like that wouldn't have been his favorite, but he's played well overall, and he will get back into the net. And I just I wonder I wonder when. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets' next back to back isn't until. Uh, about a week from now, December 8th and 9th in St. Louis and Chicago. So he'll definitely get one of those games. But Columbus this Friday, Anaheim Sunday, um, and then Florida on Tuesday. I mean, I wonder if we just keep seeing the Connor Hellebuck show as, you know, as much workload as that may seem to be. Um, he seems to be absolutely equal to it. And you have his teammates saying this is as good as he's ever played. And you have Hellebuck kind of agreeing with it. And you have his numbers supporting it as well. Um, so, I mean, it may just be that back-to-back unless they, you know, really want to give Helly a rest and, uh, and play uh, Riddick on Sunday, perhaps, against Anaheim. Well, <clears throat> certainly will be interesting to, uh, to see. But uh, right now, I mean, we're uh, talking about the Rick Bonus effect. Wheeler hat trick, Josh Morrissey at the top of the scoring leaders for the Jets. Pretty fun time to be a Winnipeg Jet fan. And 
Um, we'll see what happens in the rest of this homestand. And of course, a pretty interesting game next Tuesday when the Florida Panthers come to town along with uh, former Winnipeg Jet coach Paul Maurice. Hey, just quickly on the way out, what do you think about Canada tomorrow against Morocco? I know we won't be moving on to the uh, the uh, the next round, but um, still lots to play for building as the uh, going into 2026. And uh, any other World Cup thoughts? I know you've been paying attention to the tourney. Yeah, for me, Canada, I just want them to get a result. Just as a fan of Team Canada, any context, any capacity, Hockey Canada is kind of on my list right now, but we get it, right? Like, we cheer. And um, you just really desperately want for these young superstars, the Alfonso Davies and, you know, the the next wave to have that to point back to. Um, it would be a lovely, you know, win, ideally, at least a draw against uh, against Morocco. The tough thing is that Morocco is such a quality defensive team. I mean, there, there are things that they do so well. If, if you're just... If you're new to this world, there's absolutely no guarantee that Canada is able to pull it off against Morocco. And one of the things that I, what I've had concerns with against Canada, or sorry, with Canada, is they've got so much energy, they have so much athleticism, they have so much pace. But you know, mid-match when teams change shape against them, um, there's when sort of Winnipeg, Canada has been so open to the counter, and you saw Belgium gaining confidence before uh, before they scored their first goal. Um, you saw Croatia, I mean, from early on being able to to counter. And I mean, it was a Kramerich who scored an offside goal as well. I mean, it wasn't just the goals that they scored. And for me, there might be a little bit of Canada looking dangerous, Morocco parking the bus, and uh, there's no guarantee it goes well. Um, otherwise, uh, I don't know what's happening in the Argentina game right now, but uh, I got to figure out, I got to see how Messi is, uh, Messi is hanging in there. And that's a team that I pull for a lot. Well, it's going to be good news, I think, if you're uh, pulling for a Messi in Argentina right now. I'll let you go watch the uh, final 20 of those matches, Marat. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, look forward to seeing you back in the peg next week when I return from uh, our couple of weeks here in Qatar. Love it. Thanks for having me, Huss. Be well. There it is, Marat Atesh at WPG Marat. Make sure you're reading all of his wonderful content over at The Athletic. Well, as we heard right off the top of the program, talking with Marat, with uh, Michael Remus, Billy Jay's back, Adam Big Hill's back, and uh, from all reports, sounds like the coach is back to Bombers looking ahead to an unfinished business, business season next year with their guy back. And as I said, we're just counting down the days to get back to IG Field and uh, seeing what the team will be able to do in 2023. And of course, getting back together with fans. Nothing was more fun this year than starting the games off at the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Princess Auto, wonderful sponsors of the Bombers, not to mention our top curlers in Manitoba and really across the country. And of course, Princess Auto is the spot where you'll find the best assortment of deals on unique equipment and tools around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list is at Princess Auto. You can uh, shop there just in time for the holidays for the uh, fix-it guy or the, uh, the project guy in your family. Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and uh, check out everything that got going on 24 7 365 at princessauto.com. Um, hey, our friends at Culling and Water have been the water experts in town for over 65 years with everything you and your family need to keep you hydrated and healthy 24 7, 365. Of course, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, drinking systems, whole home systems as well, not to mention commercial water products and solutions. Pop down and see the experts at Culligan. 
uh, down at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or check out everything they can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, December's here, folks. There'll be some entertaining. There'll be some revelry. And uh, if you are a whiskey drinker, you got to make it the best Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, available down at uh, Manitoba Liquor Marts. Makes a great gift as well for the uh, whiskey drinker in your circle. Um, all sorts of amazing products from the under the Canadian Club umbrella waiting for you at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And don't forget about the CC and Ginger. I mean, it's not just for not just for the summer having at the bomber games and whatnot, CC and ginger available and six packs and cans at your local beer store as well. And Hey, uh, it's been a great run. The world cup really is just getting going. Unfortunately, Canada will uh, be finishing up their run at the world cup tomorrow against Morocco. Remo will be handling the program tomorrow and I'll be back on Friday before returning on the weekend. Uh, but if you're looking forward to maybe getting out to uh, watch one final game with some of your friends. No better place to do that than at Boston Pizza. Uh, they've got great specials, special brunch menu as well at the uh, St. Fatale, the Keniston BP, uh, and some great prizes as well to be given, including Canada jerseys, uh, including stars like Alfonso Davies at all the BPs. So get on out there tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Winnipeg time at Boston Pizza. And then we'll be back, of course, watching Thursday night football tomorrow night, Patriots and Bills. Uh, and you can still have time to enter to win that great NFL trip for New Year's weekend down to Vegas to see the uh, Raiders take on the San Francisco 49ers, who are bulldozing teams right now. I believe they're over 90 straight minutes of shutout football right now. Watch the World Cup at Boston Pizza. And of course, you can always order 24-7-365 at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's switch from the Jets over to the Moose right now. Early game tomorrow, the school's game, 11 a.m. start, and then the Manitoba Maid game coming up on Saturday afternoon. And what a pleasure it is to welcome in the leading scorer, the Manitoba Moose, Alec Limoges to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Alex, what's going on? Uh, just getting ready for tomorrow, but thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on the program and uh, congratulations on the great start to the season. I mean, uh, you know, we'll talk about the team overall nine, five and three, I think right now, a little bit of up and down over the course of the last few weeks, but still a very good start and a really, really good team. But, uh, things have really been clicking for you. I mean, uh, how's it been so far and uh, what would you attribute the uh, success so far earlier in the year? Uh, it's been great. You know, I think we got a good team in the locker room and, um, you know, the success, uh, success so far has been, everybody's been, uh, having fun competing and, and playing and, um, and really battling. So, uh, for a spot, we, we got a lot of players that can play top minutes. So I think that competitive advantage within the team is helping us, um, come together and, and beat teams. Well, this was already a team that, um, you know, had a lot of talent on it coming from last season into this year. And you mentioned the level of competition with a couple first round picks and Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius, who have bright futures uh, with the organization coming in. What's it been like? How different has it been this year with that level of competition, knowing that, man, you really need to be on top of your game to make sure that Mark Morrison knows he's a guy that wants to throw you over the boards? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's it's fun for me as an undrafted player to come in and um, 
develop relationships with these high-end players and, and draft picks and, you know, future of organizations. So um, it's been a lot of fun getting to know them, but also, you know, I, I want to try to learn from some of their skills. They're, they're special players and they have a lot of room to grow. And, um, and so hopefully I can help them as much as they're helping me. You know what? Let's quick. Let's talk a little bit more about you and your path. It's always interesting when, um, you know, oh. obviously we know some of the players that are on the moves from following them as draft picks. You had a very different path. Um, take us back even before you got to Penn State growing up. I mean, where you're from, how you got to that and the amazing college career that you had as the all time leading scorer for the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions hockey program. Uh, it's it's definitely been a journey. Um, been a pretty fun one. I grew up in Virginia. Uh, played hockey. The closest rink was an hour away, and um, so not a lot of hockey in Virginia at that time. How so did you? First started. of all, how did you even get into that? I mean, that that does sound like I'm not sure I've ever even heard of another hockey player, certainly at the pro level from Virginia. And you talk about the challenges just to get to the rink. I mean, how did that all come about? Yeah, well, you know, there's only a handful of uh, Virginia players that are playing at this level or higher, so. Um, that's fun to be one of them, and it's a pretty close group. But, uh, yeah, uh, my dad grew up playing hockey. He's from Montreal, and um, I've always said it's in, it's been in the blood. So <laughs> he and my mom were uh, very kind to donate a lot of their time driving me to and from the rink when I was younger. So, uh, you know, now it's I owe so much of where I am and, and my future to the sacrifices they made. So, um I can't thank them enough, but I definitely am have been enjoying every step of the way. What was minor hockey like in uh, in in Virginia? Um, um, uh, and I know Remus is mentioning Eric Weinrich, who we remember most games played for an NHL player from Virginia, apparently. Uh, but the you know, like all those long trips. I mean, and, and the quality of uh, of hockey. I mean, you know, that's not. I mean, it's not like you're growing up in Montreal or in Winnipeg where there's a ton of competition. I mean, um. How did you get get and at what point did you realize like man I, I think I've got a future at this maybe I could end up at an NCAA program yeah um well I think Virginia it's always been uh a, a smaller hockey market but uh the caps recently have won which now going back home in the summers I see a lot has changed so uh, that's fun that hockey is growing there but growing up yeah it was uh there was one triple a team and that was an hour and a half away and um Kind of everybody that played there was the the guys who wanted to further their career in a more competitive aspect. But um, after my freshman year of high school, I uh, decided to move up to Connecticut and go to boarding school. And then um, since I was there and and competing with more uh, skilled players, then I think uh, you know I was I was kind of playing well and I was like all right I think I can take this to the next level even further and and um then USHL and college was uh was always a goal for me so it was fun that it worked out pretty not you know of course nothing goes planned but uh pretty smoothly for me up till that tell point. us about your time at uh, at Penn State as I mentioned you're the all-time leading scorer there and um, you know, that's, we always think about the, you know, there's a real football school. Um, what was the hockey program like and uh, the experience and how that prepared you for a transition into uh, making a run at being a pro? Yeah, I, I loved every second when I was at Penn State. I can't talk highly enough about it, but um, 
you know, it was obviously another step up and, and I had some growing pains and, um, it took me about half a season to kind of hit my stride. And, uh, of course, adding school on top of that, it's a real, it's a real grind, but the program won the big 10 tournament, um, right before I got there and made their first ever NCAA berth. So, uh, I was walking into a team that kind of, um, defied a lot of odds and surprised a lot of people. So I think my whole, uh, viewpoint when I was there was, you know, let's, let's make history. So, um, and so it was cool. I was a part of a lot of great teams and made a lot of unbelievable friendships. And, and now it, it's, you know, hopefully it's a school that a lot of higher end players, young players want to be a part of and, and want to eventually win a national championship there. So I think they got a lot of, you know, a big future at, at Penn state, but cool spot. Well, you had uh, incredible success there. And of course that prepared you for a transition to the pros. I mean, tell us about the journey. Once you became a pro that has now ended up with you being the leading scorer here with the moose. Right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm very competitive on the ice and, um, and I hold pretty high standards for myself. So of course, uh, when the decision or when the time came to leave college, it was, um, right in the middle of COVID and everything and, and things were not as open as they maybe normally would be. Uh, free agents weren't signing as, as, uh, easily as, you know, the past. So I started off in San Diego and, um, I was very lucky that, that, uh, they gave me a shot there and, um, nothing to lose. I, I walked in and just tried to prove myself and, and, compete as, as hard as I could and had some success there. And, uh, then the jets were, were there and, um, offered me an NHL contract and, uh, you know, something I could never turn down. It's, it's been on my dream journey. So, uh, now playing with the moose, I want to take advantage of every time, every chance I get. How are you, uh, how are you enjoying the peg and, uh, being a member of, uh, the moose and playing for Mark Morrison? I'm loving it. it. It's a great time. We, uh, you know, I've heard coming in here how close the team was and um, there's nothing like playing hockey in Canada. Uh, you know, I grew up rooting and watching a lot of Canadian teams. And um, now that I'm here playing for it, the fans are, are unbelievable. So I've had a blast. It's a lot of fun so far. And, uh, you know, the Moose seems like a really, really fun team. We got to know a number of the guys that are your teammates last year including your linemate, Jeff Mallott, who is a fast favorite here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And you're also playing with uh, Kevin Stenland, who is an off-season acquisition. Um, fill us in on the line, how uh, you're clicking with those guys, and obviously the sex, success success you're having with uh, with those players. Yeah, definitely the success. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's been... Uh... <laughs> It's been a lot of fun ever since we came together. I feel like we've been um, seeing each other out there and it's a lot of fun playing with those two. They, you know, both smart players and win battles. And I feel like we're all looking for each other. So um, it, it's been fun being a part of that line and uh, trying to elevate our game every, you know, with every game that comes. So uh, I think, I think we know where we, uh, where we do well. And I think that's kind of where we try to keep it at. Uh, if that makes sense. 
absolutely. A big weekend coming up. I guess it kind of starts tomorrow. I mean, you guys are used to a lot of afternoon games, but I mean, 11 a.m. start. What's the game day going to be like for you and the fellas? Yeah, Uh, I still need to figure out the timing on that, but um, it might even be too early to cook myself breakfast. So I might be making that peanut butter and jelly and heading to the rink. Um, But yeah, I think I'm going to probably wake up at seven and leave my apartment at eight and, uh, and then game day once I get to the rink. So Definitely something that I've never done before, but hopefully it gives us a little home ice advantage. Well, Alex, listen, this has been a lot of fun having you on the program, uh, and uh, and it's been a lot of fun watching this team so far this year, folks. If you haven't gotten out, uh, you might be working tomorrow, or if you're listening to the podcast later on, it might not be in the cards, but the Manitoba made game Saturday afternoon, great opportunity to get out and uh, see the team continue to uh, push up in the Western Conference standings, and uh Players like yourself make a mark in the American Hockey League, hopefully on the path to the National Hockey League. Alex, this has been a lot of fun. Let's do this again later on this season and continued success to you and your teammates. All right. I really appreciate you you having me. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks so much. There's Alex Limoge of the Manitoba Moose, leading scorer on the squad right now. And again, hey, you know, tomorrow might be a great day to blow off work, watch Canada in the World Cup at 9, and then head on down to the rink, 11 a.m. puck drop. For the school's game should be bedlam in there with uh, lots of groups of uh, young Moose fans going out to get a chance to see the team with their classmates. And then, as we mentioned, the Manitoba made game coming up on the weekend. And uh, we do have some tickets and uh, maybe Remo, when uh, he's holding it down tomorrow, will give you a chance to win some of those on Winnipeg Sports Talk daily. Um, hey, do you want to think we got to get Remus back in? we got to get to Kubet lines. And yes, I know there's probably some of you that wanted to hear uh, of course, it's the return of Paul Maurice next week. Things aren't going very well for the Panthers right now. And they had the reunion game in Calgary and Matthew Kachuk's return. We'll talk about that for a minute. Uh, but just before we do that, got to thank the Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, and... I will tell you, it is. Uh, I know it's kind of chilly in the peg right now. It is certainly the opposite of that here in Qatar. And uh, I did pop down with Jake, and uh, we had uh, wasn't quite the Nick and Nikki DQ, but we did have a Qatari DQ blizzard today. And uh, hey, wherever you are on planet Earth, DQ always the best ice cream treats. Pick one up today at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. And don't forget, the holidays are just around the corner. Nothing better to add to the spread than a DQ ice cream cake. You can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Custom make it for you. And a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And uh, I know I've heard all sorts of comments, and I've gotten them in about the beer situation here in Qatar. Um it's been a nice little break, to be honest with you. I had a couple of opportunities to have a few at a couple of events and uh, at a, the Canada Games, but I am honestly very looking forward to cracking a 19-19 on the weekend when I get back uh, from uh, from uh, the two weeks here at the World Cup. Um, with the holidays just around the corner, when you're entertaining, if you're if the future for you calls for beers. Make it Winnipeg's finest local beer, Little Brown Jug. All sorts of great holiday options as well, and all sorts of great options with beers, including the Winter Good Times Variety Pack with four different Little Brown Jug options. You can grab that at the uh, beautiful Tap Room and Brewery, a great place to gather with friends around the holidays, maybe for a couple cold ones. 
And of course, you can pick up Little Brown Jug at your favorite local beer store as well if you can't get downtown. And if you're out meeting friends at fine bars and restaurants, make sure you go for Winnipeg's favorite, the uh, 1919. All right, let's get Remus back in here. And Remo, uh, before we get to the Cool Bet lines, a little update right now. Things not looking good for our friends, the polls. Um, and I know you're not really that tuned into the world of international soccer, but I did have a wild moment uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, you know, I was just hanging out. Usually go for a swim in the morning and, um, you know, out at the uh, the pool. And I was just sitting around there reading some stuff on my iPad. And I looked over and it was obvious that some of the Polish players were there. And it took me a minute. Robert Lewandowski, the uh, Barcelona striker, star player for Poland, was there. Uh, like literally about 10 feet away from me, normal guy just having it out. But uh, unfortunately it looks, I'm not sure whether they're going to get through depending on what this, uh, what this result is and what's happening in the Mexico game right now. But uh, uh, there's going to be a good team going home from this group. And uh, of course, Canada's finishing up their run tomorrow at the, uh, at the world cup. But beyond the world cup, there's lots going on around the national hockey league. Yesterday was an absolutely bananas night. A 9-8 game, shades of October 2011 between the Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers. The Kraken beat the Kings 9-8 in overtime. But, of course, it was also Matthew Kachuk's return to Calgary. He actually did get a pretty nice ovation from Calgary fans, which surprised me. Uh, But the Calgary fans all went home happy because the Florida Panthers took another one on the chin, getting thumped last night in southern Alberta. Yeah. Well, first of all, one uh, great talk with Alex Limoges. We do have Moose tickets. Uh, there's a contest running on our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest, or just go to winnipegsportstalk.com, click at the top. But I was watching all the games. First of all, that 9-8 game was crazy. I was watching it as someone who had... Uh, you have an invisible I, hat on? Yeah, that, I got, yeah, I got an invisible hat. That looks ridiculous. It's pretty sweet, eh? Invisible <laughs> hat. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, first of all, the uh, the Kings waived Cal Peterson after that, and they signed him what? to like a three year, five million or three year, fifteen million dollar contract. Yeah, or... I think he's making five a year. Yeah, so they waived him today after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that game was. He's not... had a rough season, but wow! Every every shot was going in. Greg Wasinski tweeting that from the waiver report, and I did. You know, it was funny. They, so Matthew Kachuk comes, they do the big introduction. Hey, welcome back, Matthew Kachuk. And they cheer him. But then during the game, you know, he's on the opposition now, and they gave it to him. They booed him. And Huberto, I knew he was going to get on the score sheet. He didn't score. He definitely got a, got a point there in Calgary. Uh, gave the Panthers their third loss in the row. I mean, it was a really tough situation. Huss, back-to-back. Uh, had a tough game against Edmonton on Monday. Got in real late. I mean, they were just up against it. Uh, going in so a tough go here for Florida and we're going to be seeing them next Tuesday now now listen I, I I've <laughs> as much as I like many people have been paying close attention to the Panthers this season and how things would go with Paul Maurice I've done everything in my power not to just go down this road because um, listen it's great that the Winnipeg Jets are doing well and mm-hmm. who cares about Florida it's a team in another division another conference um, but there are a lot of people paying close attention to what it is. And it is somewhat interesting that the Panthers are struggling right now. They've lost the first two games on this road trip. They're going to be playing in Vancouver and Seattle and then coming here to Winnipeg for that final game. And 
I think I said on the show before, and this is just my own personal opinion, but I mean, when we were cranking out and splitting season tickets, that was the game that I wanted to make sure I was there for. And I've said certainly to friends, I probably said this on the air before, if there's one game I wanted the Jets to win all season long, it's December 6th against the Florida Panthers. And it's not that I have, you know, ill will over Paul Maurice, uh, but, you know, I mean, the fact that, you know, the way things ended with him leaving, and listen, I do think it was overdue, and I think that's pretty much been proven correct now, um, you know, to sort of fall upward into the president's trophy winners, that comes with a lot of pressure right now. And with what is happening in Florida right now, there is a very cantankerous fan base that, to be honest, if you're following any of it online, reminds me a lot of what we heard from a good portion of the Jets fan base over the last couple of years. All that being said, Remo, they've lost a number of games. They are not meeting up expectations. And last night after the game, Paul Maurice was playing all the hits. <laughs> Look, we don't want to, it's, it's hard not to go down this road. I mean, I'm watching TSN and after the game, Craig Button comes on. And the first thing he says is, if you ever thought that coaching had no effect in the National Hockey League, this is proof right here with what Rick Bonus is doing to the Winnipeg Jets. And it's hard not to wonder, like, you know, could Josh Morsey have been this type of player before if he had been allowed to enter the offense, you know, go deep into the offensive zone and be a bit more free-flowing with his play? It's hard not to wonder. Now, you said playing all the hits. I mean, look, one thing we said we we did miss, and we definitely missed it when Dave Lowry came in, was the, all the sound bites from Paul Maurice. But he was in fine form last night, bringing, as you said, bringing, bringing all, all the hits. And, I mean... We knew it was going to be tough sledding for them in a back-to-back, -back, and he definitely mentioned that right, right <laughs> off the start. Uh, okay, just let's play it. Let's let's hear this for people that didn't hear. It. Just it's almost a trip down memory lane at yeah, the same time. I like you feel like you're watching. You're watching. Sorry. It's tough to dig a hole like that for sure on back-to-back. -back. You don't have the legs, but I didn't think that that stopped us at the start of the second period. I mean the. It's a tough challenge. Um, I would say that they handled as best they possibly could. The bench was right after they stayed in the fight. They did the things. They did. Nothing came easy to them tonight. I mean, we got a whole whack of two-on-ones. We couldn't even get a puck to the net. They're, they're, they just they didn't have it in their legs, and they, they were trying. And, and we counted up short. Um, but they were right. They, they did what they could. Back to back, didn't have the leg. I feel like I've seen that before after a game. Yeah, stayed, well, stayed in the fight. Um, there's gonna be, there'll be, well, listen, think about the time zones that are coming in on this road uh, trip coming in from the west coast. I said Winnipeg that on Tuesday, <laughs> that's what I said yesterday. Yeah, going from uh, mountain time to Pacific time back to central. That's three time zones. Us at the end of a road trip here in Winnipeg on Tuesday. I mean, I don't know what the line is on the Jets, but uh. I would bet it now if I could. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to being at the game. And um, I mean, listen, we're having a little bit of fun with it. And it is certainly fun following the Jets right now. And I mean, uh, so much of the credit. I know people all want to talk about Maurice. And sometimes we're guilty of it as well. Uh, but the guy we should be talking about is Rick Bonus yes. and the job he's doing right now with the Winnipeg Jets. And, and he has been... I mean, listen, we are in a business where we love the sound bites. And uh, I mean, after every game, I'm looking forward to hearing what the coach has to say. Everything that he said has been honest. 
has been truthful. It has been with a purpose and it's working out right now for the Jets, at least through this first quarter poll of the season. And uh, of course, we've got some big games coming up against some struggling teams, Columbus and Anaheim. Hope the Jets can continue their winning ways. And then uh, going to be an interesting next Tuesday coming up at Canada Life Center. By the way, I'm sure many of you have seen this before. A great ticket deal right now uh, for the Jets uh, for those Tuesday games. You can find out more at their website. But a $49 ticket and you get a beer, uh, which is a pretty awesome offer that we haven't seen in the past. Of course, they're working hard to sell tickets and maybe get some people back in. And certainly I think the team is earning um, you know, maybe some folks to, uh, you know, step up and get out and, you know, maybe, you know, come down town and support the team as opposed to watching on television. I'll certainly be there for the game. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, a lot. I mean, we are going to get to the cool bet lines in, uh, in just a minute. I'm just looking and it sounds like, uh, Mexico is out. Um, uh, they don't look very, uh, they don't look very pleased. They just beat Saudi Arabia two one. Uh, but the polls lost to Argentina, but they are quite pleased with everything that is uh, happening right now. Tears, man, the emotion around these World Cup games is just uh, unbelievable. And I will say this. I think I touched on this quickly, but we were so fired up with the Jets. Uh, Canada tomorrow did get a chance to go to the Senegal-Ecuador game yesterday. And I have to tell you, I've never been involved. I mean, I you know, there's nothing like being a sports fan and being around a great crowd. Uh, Remo, that Senegal crowd and the African fans in general, but especially Senegal yesterday was unlike anything I've ever seen before in my life. We got into the stadium about 40 minutes before the game and they were drumming and dancing nonstop and it did not cease for a second, including at halftime until we walked out of the building 10 minutes after the game last night. It really, really has been fun in Canada and Morocco tomorrow taking on uh, the, the, in the final game. One other thing, just before we get to the lines uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, but I did want to bring it up a really ugly incident last night in, uh, in the stance. Um, and I'm sure most of you have seen either video or have seen people talking about it. Um, just a really, really scary, scary incident last night of um, a guy in an avalanche Jersey. And uh, I believe his companion, uh, probably trashed, uh, getting removed from the building. And, um, you know, credit to somebody in the stands trying to help security, uh, just, you know, maybe calm the situation down, but get this guy out. And uh, this individual, from what I saw, struck and threw the guy down the stairs into the boards, and it was absolutely terrifying from everyone around. And, Ru, I see if you got this on the screen. I was going to ask you about this. Winnipeg police have announced that they have arrested a 34-year-old male and a 29-year-old female being evicted from a Jets game on the 29th and are now facing multiple assault-related charges. A 54-year-old patron also sustained injuries when he intervened in an attempt to assist security. Um, This was disgraceful. This was horrifying to everyone around. And I'll say this. For all the challenges of getting people to come into games uh, from a team standpoint, um, you know, with the price of tickets and all that stuff, um, this is this is a serious, serious challenge for teams um, from the behavior from a bunch of, dare I say, assholes that come to the game and, you know, become menaces to society. And I was hoping that we'd hear a public um, arrest from Winnipeg police on this. 
I hope these people are held to every letter of the law. And honest to God, Remo, if I was in politics, and I'm certainly not, I would have no issue at all with, you know, somebody putting forth a bill that I think should be maybe around pro sports and sports in general. Um, that if you start a fight, if you assault someone, you know, in a public space like this, um, it's maybe even treated more seriously or there's additional charges on this. This was just a black mark on what otherwise was an amazing game at the arena last night. And uh, we certainly hope that the 54-year-old that sustained injuries is doing better right now. Um, I know the team, I'm sure, will be looking looking after them. Uh, but uh, just, um, I mean, that, 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 that was a black cloud over everything else that was great last night. And that is something that happens in so many, so many venues in sports. You see these videos of these idiots fighting each other in the stands. Um, and honestly, it's going to turn people off. It'll hurt teams and it'll prevent people from going and being the fans and cheering on the teams that they want to. Yeah, it's pretty gross. If you're watching on TV, you probably, they didn't really mention it, but one of the periods was delayed. There were pictures and videos on social media. I don't think we need to show them. It's pretty graphic watching someone fall down the stairs and hit their head. Um, I, you know, someone texted me who was there, said that they were like frightened um after watching that i mean there's blood everywhere all over the boards and i'm reading the police report here that they tweeted out at winnipeg um winnipeg police um that they found an uncooperative male and adult male and female detained by security officers placed them under arrest escorted them from the stands while in custody the uncooperative female spat at one of the arresting officers requiring the application of a spit mask who are these assault. scumbags? And like, then, where do these people, what rock do they crawl out from under? So officers learned that the male and female were causing a disturbance during the game, which escalated to the point where they required removal from the venue. Two security personnel, a 50-year-old female and a 36-year-old male, were assaulted while attempting to detain the suspects. Both, both victims suffered minor upper body injuries due to the assault, received medical attention, also, a 54-year-old male victim geez, intervened to assist security when the suspect assaulted him, caused him to lose his balance and fall back onto the ice surface boards, causing a laceration to his head. He was transported to the hospital where he was treated. Uh, suspects and victims were previously unknown. Alcohol played, believed to have played a factor. So the male was charged twice with assault, two resisting a peace officer. The 28-year-old female... Uh, twice charged twice for assault, assault a peace officer, resist a peace officer. Um, pretty gross, gross stuff. Why can't we all? I know they're wearing Avs jerseys, but like, why can't we all get along and enjoy sports peaceful? What's going on? Well, and and you know what? I'll be honest. I've been experiencing that here, and I had no idea what to expect here at something like the World Cup, where the passions are like you know cranked up to a thousand. Um, and honestly, for the most part, I mean, everything that's been around, uh, you know, me, would, regardless of whether you're cheering for Canada, I was in a section I and mean, there was a ton of Ecuador fans yesterday, Senegal as well. And um, it was it was what it was supposed to be. Uh, it was an incredible, fun, a celebration of the sport. Uh, but what happened last night was an absolute freaking disgrace. And I hope that those two idiots get the book thrown at them, are never allowed in never mind Canada Life Center to another game. And and frankly, um, you know, they should be uh, held to the highest letter of the law. And I will just leave it at that and thoughts to the uh, uh, the individuals as well as the security people that are just there not making a ton of money 
trying to, you know, maybe help their families or, you know, uh, make a little bit extra cash in the offside uh, and the off time uh, from their regular jobs should never have to deal with that BS. Um, all right, let's get to the cool bet lines before we finish, uh, finish things up. Uh, we've got some games in the NHL tonight. Rangers minus 129 favorites on the road against the Ottawa Senators. Buffalo and Detroit. Buffalo plus 112. Detroit, a home favorite. Still less struggling, though, at minus 132. Um, couple big favorites. I like these two. We went on in the lock shop. I'm taking puck line on the Leafs. Minus 197, although minus 111 to win by two against the San Jose Sharks, who played last night. And the Edmonton Oilers coming off that thrilling comeback win against the Panthers a couple nights ago in Chicago to take on the struggling Blackhawks. Edmonton minus 217 to win and plus 117 on the money line. For tomorrow, we got Canada-Morocco, 9 a.m. I will be there at that game, or 9 a.m. back in Winnipeg, of course. Plus 265 for Canada, a draw plus 238. Morocco to win, plus 117. And Croatia and Belgium going at it, plus 172 for the Croats, plus 240 for a draw, and Belgium plus 172. Wow, that is the first literal pick of I've seen in any World Cup draw so far. Belgium's been real disappointing so far. They got to get a result tomorrow. Costa Rica, Germany. Uh, Costa Rica, 20 to 1 to win after uh, their big stunner earlier. Uh, Germany, minus 833. And Japan, plus 765. Who would have thought that Japan could beat Germany and lose to Costa Rica? That is what the World Cup is all about. Spain, a big favorite at minus 233. And tomorrow's Thursday nighter. Lines dropped in this one. Bills minus four. Four-point favorites on the road against the Patriots. Totals 43 and a half. Check out today's lock shop for more. Or, sorry, tomorrow's lock shop for more on the Thursday nighter. And, uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at CoolBetCanada and at CoolBet on uh, Instagram for more from uh, myself and Jake Bullen-Moss's couple weeks here at uh, in Qatar at the World Cup, which is... Uh, Quickly coming to an end, but tomorrow I will be at the game, so Michael Remus is going to hold uh, hold it down. But we are expecting to get Cole Perfetti on the program. Should be a heck of a lot of fun. And a look ahead to a big Jets game going into the weekend against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They look to continue their winning ways and uh, maybe get to the top of the Central Division, making up with a couple of those games in hand. Um, that's going to do it for us, gang. we got to get this podcast loaded up. Thanks to everyone that popped in. Great to see some of you that maybe... Took a couple days off last week after the Bombers lost in the Great Cup and that beatdown in Minnesota. Things are good again, though. Jets are rolling. We're feeling good. And now, of course, a big homestand continues going over the weekend. Don't forget about those Moose games. 11 a.m. tomorrow. Great opportunity to take the kids if you've got some time to be able to do it. And, of course, the Manitoba made game on Saturday. And uh, tune into the show tomorrow because we do have some tickets to give away to that game. Uh, big thanks to all the sponsors. Welcome back, Manitoba Battery. Great to have Donnie and the gang back on board as we get into the winter. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Expecting Cole Perfetti on the program. Do not miss that and uh, everything more on the Winnipeg Jets. Brandon Wickey's going to pop by. Remus will be holding it down. It should be great. And, of course, Canada finishing up their World Cup run tomorrow, 9 a.m. Do not miss it. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. Have a great night, and we'll catch you tomorrow right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.